A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Get your brand on board with our podcast with a sponsorship campaign and get into the earphones of over 100,000 highly engaged parents within our show and across Acast's other famous podcasts. We'll even come up with the creative for you. Get in touch via producerpaul.co.uk and we'll have a chat about how it works. Hello and welcome back to Making Womb, the podcast. Our guest today is Anna Martha. Anna is a mum of three and a psychotherapist, author and speaker. She's huge on Instagram where she shares mental health moments, blending her professional expertise with her personal experience in a way that's insightful, incredibly supportive and relatable. She is a best-selling author of Mind Over Mother and her latest book, Know Your Worth, is out now. In it, one of Anna's aims is to help the reader to strip back and challenge the beliefs that the world has taught them so far that make them question whether they're good enough. We're going to chat with her about self-esteem and resilience. We're absolutely thrilled to have her on our podcast today. So, Anna, you have um, a wonderful quote, which we love, and it says... Growth isn't about adding, it's about stripping back to who you were, who you are, before all the labels got stuck to you and you looked at them and you read them and you thought, well, that must be true. Growth is often a stripping back to who you are beneath the labels that you have stuck on, the labels that have been stuck onto you. It's an unsticking, rooting through, shredding, taking away. I love that quote. Oh, I think it is awesome. And it's funny hearing it read back to me, actually, because I think... No matter how many times I write about these things and speak about these things, it's something I always need to hear. I don't think I'll ever need to stop hearing about how important it is to question how we understand ourselves being, how we understand our worth. And yeah, I think it's just so important. So it's, it's lovely to be reminded of that this morning. Yeah, I like so, that. It's like you don't kind of just win at what you think no. self-esteem is. It's a constant yeah. reflection. Yeah, because we're always being bombarded, aren't we? We're Mm. always being bombarded with feedback, whether it's direct or completely indirect, say on social media and kind of interaction and likes, or if it's just in work or an email, we're always being bombarded with feedback and we're always being exposed to what the world's messages are telling us about what we need or what we should grow in or how we should be or, yeah. And so speaking of, you said before, no matter how many times you write it, um, you have just released your second book. Yeah. How How is it feeling? How How does it feel to know that this book is out there in people's hands? Um, and on been? the Sunday Times bestsellers list. Yeah, really <laughs> importantly. <laughs> oh, it just, it, 
I think this journey of exploring self-esteem has utterly changed my life because I think I, I had I, I focused so much on the relationships that I had with other people. Like how can I how can I be a better friend? How can I be a better mum? How can I be a better a better wife, a better partner? And actually I started to realize that the most important relationship I will ever have in my entire life is with myself. And that is foundational because if I have a bad relationship with myself or a rocky relationship with myself, and I don't believe I'm worthy or deserving of good things, which has been a big kind of thing in my life, I'm going to find it really hard to engage in and enjoy and welcome the good things and the love that is around me and my family and my friends. So it's it's more important than anything mm. to explore your relationship with yourself. Mm. Do you think we often think that that is selfish? Yeah, I think I think having become a mum, I don't know if it's partly to do with my upbringing and often these things are quite generational. I think that I learned that what love is is kind of giving yourself away really sacrificially and and it, unless we are taught or unless we learn how to put boundaries around what we give we can end up giving ourselves away until we've got nothing left mm. and i yeah i just think it's so important to to start thinking how are we loving is it you know is selfishness really about not keeping anything back for ourselves. Yeah. Because I need something of myself. I, I don't know about you, but the more exhausted and burnt out I am, the less nice I am to be. I don't even like being around myself yeah. when I'm completely <laughs> exhausted. And the other thing I, re I realized, I love a light bulb moment, was that I can't laugh when I'm knackered. Mm. I don't know about you, my sense of humor just kind of, it just disappears. It switches off. <laughs> it switches off. And I love laughing. And it's, you know, it's the ease of my smile. It's when you can flop down on the sofa and just relax and breathe out. And we need, we need energy. We need yeah. something of ourselves even to like rationalize anxious thoughts and to parent in a way that I want to. I have to have energy to be able to respond rather than just kind of react when it comes up sideways. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I think it, as parents, we, we, I mean, the, the societal pressures on parents and particularly mothers, are, they make out things, doing things like that, like prioritizing yourself in that way or being like, actually, no, I'm going to sort of, you know, sort of self-care type things are like selfish mm. <laughs> and that yeah. we shouldn't be doing that. And actually the norm is to be burnt out, but to be happy about being burnt out. So, you know, to grieve like you're doing through your the duty. burnout. But yeah. who's really actually happy? You know no, I mean? no one. Because <laughs> again, you need energy to be happy. Yes, yeah. you need energy to be able to engage and stuff. And and this is where I think we have, we we've got this this sense that we get our worth from doing, 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 doing. Mm. But then we also have a really, really unhealthy relationship with rest. Yeah. Mm. So the two, the two, those two things are toxic. We do and we do and we do until we've got nothing left. And then we feel guilty when we rest. Mm, so yeah. what are we, like, when are we ever going to earn a sense of right to feel like we can rest and relax? Yeah. Like, is this how life's going to be for us? Like, it's like intentionally resting yeah. as opposed to just like the dregs of rest. That's collapse really, isn't it? Like, that's, yeah. that's grinding to a but halt. It's, yeah. it's also just been so glamorised. Like, oh, I mm. snatched five minutes here and then I'm back on, back on the yeah. go. And it's like, oh, oh, well, no, that's not. 
that's not good. <laughs> like no, you can only sustain isn't. that for so long. Um, and you probably didn't even rest in that time. Um, mm. And it's uh, that whole concept of earning rest. It's like, mm. well, how crap do I need to feel to then be like, okay, well, I'm going to have a rest now. It's like you said, it is just, you collapse into this like heap. And mm. even in that heap, you're thinking about how you don't deserve to rest in that moment. And it's just like, gosh, we can wow. get into these really damaging cycles. And where does it ever stop? It's so damaging. It's a bit It's a bit like a credit card of productivity, yeah. isn't it? I'll just keep, you know, putting on my card. <laughs> and then actually you're yeah. end, you end up with this massive bill mm. with loads yeah. of interest. Like, how up. am I ever going to pay this back? Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I had a really interesting thought about that because I think over the last year, it's been pretty full on, hasn't it? And, and I think circumstantially, regardless of how many 10 minutes of meditation or headspace or 10 minutes of yoga or how many walks we've done or how many phone conversations we've had, most of us are going to feel a level of burnout and overwhelm from Mm. this last year. And over Easter, we were meant to go away for a week to to Taryn's kind of their family, like Airbnb in Wales, because it was free. And, um, And I just, I was so burnt out Every time we went to even have a discussion about what time we would leave or what we might need to take and do we take the bikes and do we take this, I would just feel this panic kind of rising in my Mm. body because I was so burnt out, I could barely even make decisions. So we ended up not going. And then just purely because I remember sitting on the kitchen floor and I was all I'd done for the packing was was try and put some water bottles in a bag, (laughs) like for the car. And I, my nervous system was so shot because we've had to keep pushing through and mm. keeping calm and carrying on, even when our body is screaming, I've got nothing left. But you, you can't, we haven't been able to stop, have we? It's mm-hmm. circumstantially, we're, we're exhausted, so many of us. And, and I, you know, my initial feeling was guilt as we agreed not to go. Yeah. And then I realized that, say, I took out a credit card and we, we blew it on a family holiday, right? That's my debt that we've collectively benefited from. So we're on this lovely holiday and I've blown a whole credit card on it. And then we get home and everyone has had a wonderful time and benefited from my debt. But then that debt needs to be a collective. Well, it's mine, but, but actually everyone has benefited from it. So collectively as a family, we need to work out how we're going to repay that. And and I think that that guilt that I felt, I kind of coached myself in that moment and being like, everybody has collectively benefited from me pushing through and pushing through mm-hmm. and pushing through the very edge of my resources. Now I'm literally on the floor crying, literally. Therefore, we collectively as a family have to try and work out how we are going to accommodate repaying some of this debt. Yeah. So I think that's such a helpful, I love a metaphor. Yeah. I mean, I think it's essentially sharing the load, isn't it? It's just sharing the load, whether it's like in a physical way or in an emotional way. But like you've now kind of exhausted it. It's like, right, well, now how can we help you to pick yourself up again? Or how can we pick you up again? And recognising that these things aren't often caused by just one person. Like it's it's not all one thing. Exactly. Like... Even like I, I've had conversations with people and they'll be like, yeah, is Isan like really knackering you? I was like, well, actually, Isan's been an angel. Like mm. she is not the the root cause of my exhaustion at all times. It's lots of different things and lots of different people and lots of people trying to demand different things of my time and energy. 
but then it's all kind of put on this especially as mothers i think it's always put on like oh is the baby waking up oh is the baby it's like maybe not (laughs) maybe it's not the baby it's like a a lot of different things and And i think it be it can be kind of invisible pressure sometimes can't it yeah, yeah. pressure to be yeah. enough for everyone like I like I was talking to Illy last night about this pressure of like replying to whatsapps I hate whatsapps so much and I can't if I always replied to my whatsapps I would just have my phone in front of my face all day mm-hmm. all day I wouldn't be able to parent I wouldn't be able to do cook I wouldn't be able to do anything else but there's this always like this invisible pressure on my shoulder thinking oh I haven't got back to that person I haven't done this and it's so it does just chip away at you and then I do think, and I'd be interesting, interested to hear your thoughts on this, but do you think that pressure chips away at our self-esteem? Because I feel that. I feel like when I don't feel like I'm enough for other people, it can often translate as um, how they're going to see me or what they're going to believe yeah. about me or that yeah. I don't care or that I'm not caring enough, I'm not generous enough with my time and my energy. Yeah. And I think there are a few statements there that are really good to question for yourself of me not replying to things. Will they then think I'm not good enough as a friend? Like Mm. that's so, you know, that's a statement that you've, where's that come from? Yeah. Like what, what, what might it be like? Because I've recently done this thing, utterly changed my life. I've not, I don't now go on email or social media between 9 p.m. and 9 a.m. And I don't know. I think I was, I've tried doing that before and I've just overridden the thing that mm. you can put on your phone that flags up and it's <laughs> you, like, you've done a jailbreak. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And I just kind of override it. But I think this time I started to realize that when we are overwhelmed, when we're, when we're living life at hundred miles an hour, there are so many things, there are so many calls on our attention that we cannot stop. Like mm. we're mothers, we're, you know, many of us are working as well. We've got things that we cannot stop. But what we can do is put boundaries around some of these things that really Mm. test and challenge that belief that if I don't get back straight away, they might think I don't care. Mm. So the only way we can sometimes do this is, is to actually kind of test a boundary and think, right, I'm not, I'm going to leave all those messages until whatever o'clock in the day. And it takes discipline and it, but it really, it gives us an opportunity to challenge some some of those beliefs when we put, we put boundaries in place and then we still have relationships that are good despite it. So it starts chipping away at the power of those statements. Yeah. I think I don't, I don't really have, I just don't, I very much adopted like a, I think people would perceive me as not having any boundaries, but I have very clear boundaries. Like I literally will just not respond to you. And it's not me. I don't need to assert it. I think sometimes it feels like we have to say, this is my boundary. And I think maybe when you start practicing something, it just automatic, it just kind of becomes a very natural boundary that you've got. Like, but I, for me, the last, and I had that before, then the last year where people have been like really needing emotional support. And obviously I started my Instagram just a year ago and I felt like there's so many pulls on my attention. I'm like, remember your boundary, remember your boundary. You don't have to talk about it, but just remember the boundary. And now the years kind of like, I suppose in some ways normal, like becoming more normal. Um, I'm like, get back to being who that was because actually those stress stresses of feeling like, well, not even stress. It's like, kind of like, I felt the sense of like sort of slight disappointment. Like I'd let myself down by, by 
allowing people to kind of breach those boundaries of like allowing people to pressure me into doing things I don't want to do or replying when I don't want to reply or meeting up if I don't want to. And I think post pandemic, that's definitely become real. Like everyone's so excited about meeting up. They're like, you're going to meet up, just meet up. Can I and you're and meant to be excited too. You're meant to be excited too. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> no excitement. You know, I still don't want to meet up. I'm okay. Um, and it's Brilliant. it is just those boundaries and yeah. reminding ourselves continuously like they're okay and they're good for me. So yep. you know, I think I might. I saw that Steph from um, Steph don't buy her flowers had adopted the nine eight, nine p.m. to nine a.m. thing, and I'm like, oh yeah, give it a try. Yeah, and I'm going to move. I'm going to move the nine p.m. earlier to like eight thirty, and I'm ten a.m. <laughs> 10 a.m. and then there's going to be a 20 minute window is going to be in my day but you know and we can change and amend these things along the way but I think in exactly what you were saying sometimes we actually really need to know all right what are your boundaries what mm. are you all right with what what does feel like it's stepping beyond something for you because I think many of us have been so fixated on pleasing and meeting the needs of others that we don't even actually know what what we do want and what is all right for mm. us so starting to just ask yourself because it's amazing for your self-esteem when you're able to put things in place that call for respect of yeah. those boundaries because yeah know your you know to know ourselves enough to know what it is that we want and what we think and what we need and to then start kind of communicating that we live a more authentic life and then we don't mm. feel, because I don't know about you, but I have literally felt like an imposter in my own life. There's the there's the me that people see and then there's the me that's underneath it all going, I really don't like this. I actually don't agree <laughs> with that. I don't want to do that. No, I, yeah. you know, I don't want to make that cake. I don't want to go to this. So you end up having a you that everyone's relating to that you have to keep up. Yeah. And then a you that's kind of hidden somewhere deep down inside that every time you're ignoring or yeah you're ignoring or defying what you think or need you're saying that other people's needs opinions feelings are more important than yours you're devaluing mm. you're abandoning yourself yeah and, and you're you sat with repeatedly. the conflict of it aren't you yeah and it's so damaging to our sense of our self-esteem so interestingly if i think to the time i've my self-esteem has been at the highest it was when so Oscar, my eldest, who's ten and a half, when he when his dad and I split up, when um that happened, we did a fifty fifty split of Oscar. So he lived fifty percent of the time with me and fifty percent of the time with his dad. Um and it was a, a friendly enough split and our priority was Oscar and so for him to be with both of us half the time felt like the right thing to do. But it immediately made me much more boundaried with my time and on those nights where I had Oscar I would say no to everything instantly because it was like that's my time with my boy I'm not doing anything else if I was invited to something even if it was someone's 40th birthday I would not go because that was my time with Oscar and it was so liberating to not have to make up an excuse to not have to say oh I'll see if I can get a babysitter or it was just no it's an Oscar night and I still do that and that gives me such a sense of like ease, which I I never had before. Yeah, and actually, that. yeah, and there's no terrible consequence. 
Yeah. I think that's part of the process as well, because often we catastrophize what will happen if we say no or if we put ourselves first. Yeah. And it's this terrible thing where everyone will hate us and think we're disappointing or whatever. And actually, nothing that bad happens. Yeah. And if someone is disappointed because theirs, you can't go to that 40th birthday and they're upset about that, they have a right to feel yeah. how they feel. Yeah. But I think what you don't have to fix it. Well, you don't have to fix it. And the empowering thing is, is when you start realizing that someone else's disappointment in a decision that you've made doesn't mean that you are disappointing. Because mm. I think that's what we do. So just because maybe I failed at something, does that mean that I am a failure? Mm. I've disappointed someone. Does that mean that I, in myself, in and of myself, are disappointing? That's really interesting. Like you, that, like you were yeah. talking about the labels. Yeah. How that label, how we stick it on. Mm. Yeah, so we take from a situation and it's so easy to turn it into a statement about ourselves. But the more we find confidence in saying, well, actually, yes, I've disappointed you, but mm. in and of myself, I am not a disappointment to the world because I think that's what we, well, that historically, that's what I have done without even question is that, or oh, failed at that, or have upset that person. I'm bad at. I, I can't. I'm, I upset everyone. I, I don't mm. deserve friend friendships. I'm gonna. You know, I'm never gonna be good enough. And we turn it into these huge, huge kind of often really unkind statements. Yeah, and a big narrative. Yeah, I've found over the last like I don't know since working more in this space. Like, I was like, oh, you know, for my business, I need to just start saying yes to more things. I was very, very, like, no to a lot of things. I'd be like, no, I'm not interested. I don't need to do that, blah, blah, blah. And it was just yesterday, between speaking to Holly and speaking to my sister, I was like, I just don't need to do this. I don't need to, I just don't need to say yes to everything. Because the consequence of doing that, the consequence of kind of like being like, oh, I need to, I need to be everywhere and do everything. And if I say no, what's going to happen? Will I get less bookings or will I, you know, whatever. Is that I am just on the floor. Like yeah. someone messaged me this morning and say, we're still on for our podcast recording this afternoon. And I was thinking in my head, my first thought was, right, so if son is at home, I don't have any childcare. So maybe I can move it to this time. And, da -da 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 -da. and I was like, no, we're not on. <laughs> we're not on. It's like, yeah. so sorry, really overwhelmed. Can't do it. And I was like, oh my gosh. And that I person just that. responded and went, totally cool. And I was like, huh, <laughs> I need to look at that. Now my afternoon is free, which is not actually free because I've got lots of things to do, but it's free of one more thing that I didn't yeah. need to do. Yeah. And I don't feel any worse for it. In fact, I feel really bloody good for it. Yeah, because so you've asserted like, a boundary. You've saved yeah. something, you've, you've saved something back of yourself. Because when we say yes to something, we're, we're always going to be saying no to other things. And mm. Sometimes that is ourselves and that's our resources and we need those. And our energy is like the most precious commodity mm. that we will ever have our hands on. And I think we have more control over it than we like to think. I um, I kept delaying picking up a, I've got steroid inhalers, I kept delaying picking it up. I kept thinking I don't have time. I don't have time. I kept driving past the pharmacy and thinking I don't have time today. And then I asked myself, is it that I actually don't have time or am I choosing not to prioritize mm. that need? Mm. And I think it just reminded me that we do have more control and more say in 
our how we spend our resources than we often like to think but it's challenging because often it involves us saying actually I can't do that today hmm. and asserting something hmm. which we're then vulnerable to someone not being happy about that or saying oh Illy I, I've moved everything for this podcast this afternoon mm-hmm. that's really inconvenient and you know and that's what you know we, we put ourselves out out there to disappoint people when we when we assert something but actually what you're preserving is far more important Mm. I also think in terms of like self-esteem for me like doing that boosts my self-esteem like it really does it makes me think Mm. ah go on like I I sit here every day and I tell people about boundaries and I tell people about prioritizing themselves and and things like that and then I'm like you are on the floor like you're not taking your own advice that doesn't do well for my self-esteem that kind of feeling like a bit of an imposter Mm. and and so when I start doing like practicing what I preach, I'm like, huh, would you look at that? Like, I feel good. I feel it's good. Empowering. I, mm. So empowering. It's yeah. like, you know, you breathe easier. The weight, like it literally feels like a physical weight has been lifted by being like, no, I'm not, not actually going to do that today. Um, mm. You can send as many emails as you like. You can be as upset as you like. And also sometimes I think as a consequence, like when well, I might not get booked again, or maybe I'd lose that opportunity, but it's like, well, lost many opportunities it's okay you know they come again or different ones or there'll always be others and it's just like really like you said going right well where are my priorities how do I want to expend my energy and then you decided for the opportunities worth it or not and a lot of the time the one that had you doubting or the one that was tipping you over the edge you realize perhaps isn't the one that you really need um, or isn't as sort of glossy or as necessary as as you thought it was. So yeah, in terms of like, you know, being that way, asserting those boundaries and really prioritizing my energy use mm. um, definitely yeah. boosts my self esteem. And knowing when things, knowing when we're making decisions out of fear, like you were saying, oh, I've, I've got to do this because what if something else doesn't come along, or what if this is the only opportunity? And when we do it out of fear we're far more likely in the moment to be doing it out of a place of resentment of mm. I haven't actually got time for this or, you know, you're not bringing your full self. It's the should, isn't it? It's the should. And yeah, we'd, yeah. And actually we owe people our authentic selves in those things and the creative things that we do. So when we're there under our own duress, you know, we can't bring our full self there. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So I've got a stat here that says it's estimated that roughly 85% of people worldwide, adults and adolescents, have low self-esteem. Mm, Why? Why? Why do we have such low self-esteem? I think we're so fearful. We're so fearful of judgment. We're fearful of upsetting people. We let we we give away so much power to even a tiny square on our phone to to tell us who we are and what we're worth and whether we're doing a good job. And I think our whole economy is utterly fueled by requiring us to have low self-esteem. So then we're always going to need more. We're always going to buy more. We're always going to be looking for that next thing, that next venture, that next project, That whether it's self-development, whether it's getting fitter, getting stronger, getting richer, getting, you know, being more social. It's always mm. like we're, we're, we need, we're consumer culture. So therefore we need to feel like we're lacking so that we're hungry for those things that make the world go around. Yeah, like a trap. It's a big trap. It, it is. And actually none of those things really make us feel better for long. And in the book, mm. I talk about kind of the short and sweet self-esteem boosters. The thing, you know, the parcel that arrives on your doorstep that you bought late last night because you were like, this will make me feel better. This will make me feel good. Mm. This is what I need. And then it comes and it's nice and you put it on and you feel good. And then it's at the back of the wardrobe. And, it, it mm. you know, these things never satisfy because it's like being hungry and eating a Haribo. Mm. You know, it's it will give you a sugar boost, but ultimately unless you are eating or consuming things that are nourishing you things that you actually need you're never going to feel satisfied but our culture our economy can you imagine what relies would if on we our... all felt good and if we all had really yeah. healthy wonderful yeah. self-esteem about our bodies about ourselves we had great boundaries but how much that would affect our pregnancies and our births and the yeah. parent i do feel like we are stuck in this trap where we are meant to stay distracted and afraid but not only distracted and afraid, it's like insecure. Like we yeah. is fed continuously. Yeah. Like capitalism does that. But, you know, every advert is talking about how you can get rid of those stretch marks or how you could mm. how you could wear these things and this will make you feel better and you could take this and you could do that and you can, you know, everything is like just throw money at it. Very aspirational, it will, isn't it? Yeah, it will Marketing. make you feel better for a minute and then you'll just, you'll still cry and you'll still feel mm. rubbish. Yeah. Can you imagine if we could work on this to an extent that if, you know, someone in the queue, in the shopping, like when you're shopping and they give you a look because your little one's having a tantrum or some granny gives you some unsolicited advice, <laughs> you know, you know how it just kind of shakes us in that moment. Like we feel judged. We feel like, oh, am I doing it wrong? Should I have been more strict? Should I have 
given him this or, you know, maybe I shouldn't be feeding now or maybe, you know, mm. whatever it is. And suddenly we find ourselves questioning everything because I think so many of us were so unsure of what do we actually believe? What do we actually think? And is it okay that other people do it differently? Mm. It's different. It doesn't mean that we're doing it wrong. And that but it's not that, a reflection on, a, on our, no. our choices. No. So I think we said back in, I mean, season one of the podcast, didn't we, really, where it's like one person's choice isn't a criticism of yours. Yeah. Mm. And that's been a real thread through our podcast, I would I would say. And I think it's that that type of thing. It can just be applied to everything. So like Holly was mm. saying before, like, you know, pregnancy and birth, mothering, friendships, like it's it's it can be applied to everything. And and mm. also it's this real thing of like being like, well, we aren't all supposed to make the same choices like that's how we live like we we are supposed to have differing views and opinions and it's like you know that's that's okay it doesn't mm. like you know it doesn't say anything about yours it's not saying yeah. that yours is wrong or your way to give birth or your way to feed your child like it's okay it's just mm. different isn't yeah. it it's just okay <laughs> but we're put against each other almost aren't we yeah that feels like a big um, factor of our self-esteem, the way it's it's done as this kind of league. Yeah. I don't know if this used to exist in, to this degree before social media. Like I remember there were fashions with clothing at school, but now it's almost like there are fashions of ways of being and ways of parenting yeah. and ways of, you know, ways of speaking and ways of communicating who you are and, wait, yeah, approaches to everything. They're almost like this is, this is the in way, this is the, you know, you've got to be campaigning for this or you've got to be mm. really passionate about this or wanting to develop this. And this is where everyone's at. So are you in or are you out? Keep and if up. you're out, yeah. And it's it's utterly exhausting and also quite destructive because what do we lose? We lose that little voice inside of us that says, I don't like this or that's not for me or, or I just don't I want have to the capacity about- for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we are we get dragged along, don't we? Mm, You get dragged along with being. I I found it particularly so one when I became a mother, but then quite quickly I was like, oh, I don't care about what anyone else is doing. Like that's fine, and became quite secure in my own decisions, which I recognise is not easy to do for lots of people. But I found it so much in this like social media space, and. I'm like, oh God, there's like an in crowd. There is totally an in crowd um, who all kind of like talk the same, look the same. They get invited to the same things and they, you know, and and, and when I realised this, I was like, I'm not part of that. And I, for the, for the, the first time I realised it, I was like, oh, who do I need to be friends with to get an in? And then I was like, oh no, you're fine out. <laughs> like you're okay out. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you are plodding along happy before you you notice this. And before you suddenly thought, that's really shiny. Oh, that looks really good. I want to be part of that. Like I was just happy being being authentically me. Yeah. And in like a space that I might've just been alone in, that, that would have been absolutely fine. But I think social media has done a real number in terms of mm. just these groups that there are and and kind of ostracizing others and really like you said before like you know campaigning for everything and you need to be really angry because everyone's angry about it and you need to be really upset because this is unjust and you need to do, you know everyone is dictating to the other how they need to be mm. how they need to feel what they need to say it just in turns order into to another institution in. doesn't it yeah mm. Mm. and every yeah. time we step away from ourselves in order to 
fit in you know we're saying we're, we're placing so much kind of power on that whatever it is just that that's how we get our validity if i'm mm. if i'm part of that group then i am i'm valid i'm mm-hmm. i'm good you know and actually no do we do we want to buy into that narrative because yeah that narrative just changes the whole time and it's utterly exhausting because you either keep changing who you are and what you're for or you step back and you say this is me this is my truth this is what i'm here for this is my message this is my heart and this is where i am mm-hmm. and and then the in people this that, moment yeah people now, gravitate towards yeah. you people gravitate yeah. towards you you develop your own sort of group if you even want to call it that but you just you don't worry when you're in it you don't worry because it's just who you are you're not having to perform you're not having to say things that you don't believe in or you know just agree because yeah, you're scared of being yourself. kicked out of the group yeah becoming someone else you don't have to and you then can- there's that gap between who you are and how people and who people think you are mm-hmm. and then you know that little voice then that goes if you really knew me if you really knew that i didn't actually like that or it didn't actually you know then then you wouldn't like me and yeah. it just you know we become our own sham almost yeah yeah I think that is so, I think so many people will relate to that, that idea. I mean, it's wild though. I mean, I think that even like we can say like when you talk to people, even when you put like public comments, like when you have a a sort of, you know, relatively large account or whatever, and you're going through the comments on your posts, people are talking and you're going, "Mm, not quite, but yeah, okay, cool. And you're thinking, oh God, like if they knew, then what would they think? If I were to really voice my opinion on this, what would happen you know like yeah and I I, I yeah I don't I'm not going to do it because I'm scared <laughs> of what would happen <laughs> but I think the important thing is that you have people in your life who you can be yourself with yeah and, and the important thing is that we're aware of of when and how and why we abandon ourselves sometimes why we choose to ignore that part of ourselves or mm. what what we're fearful about and that we we start to yeah just observe it and inquire about it and just become aware of it yeah, I think kind of seeing that it's there can be helpful, can't it? Mm. Without having to action everything. Just yeah. kind of, yeah, that, that sense, that, that mindfulness, I guess. Yeah. Of other things that are going on. And also that criticism or differing opinion, if we're going to really dare to try and learn to believe that that doesn't mean we're less than or it doesn't mean that we're not doing right by ourselves, we also then have to realise that compliments we get in certain spaces, you know, they don't make us better either. So the negative stuff, the criticism doesn't necessarily make us worse. Sometimes we can learn from it or draw from it, but it doesn't mean that we're less worth or, or valid. But then the compliments and the nice things that come our way, whilst they can be affirming, they don't make us better either. Yeah. We have to have a core sense of yeah. our own bank of worth kind of thing. Yeah, yeah and um, actually choosing who to give the, that power to tell you and to, to criticise or to lovingly kind of inform or... Yeah, because yeah, they know you. They Yeah, yeah. deeply. Yeah. I was thinking the other day about this whole thing of developing a thick skin and how we... Because I suppose we all three of us in many ways have exposed ourselves to criticism um, from strangers <laughs> and... I was like, how do you, you know, I, I, I'm going to have to develop a thicker skin, but then also I, there needs to be a balance. So sometimes the criticism is good and sometimes you do need to learn from it. And it's not just about brushing it off, being like, I've got a thick skin, I don't care. Um, but I do, I agree with what you were saying, like just having those people who can kind of 
bring you back a little bit and be like, Hun, <laughs> calm down, or you're wrong there. Like maybe you could deal with it in this way or whatever. And I think it's just important, even if you don't have social media accounts, or whatever, but just in your life generally to have those people that can be be your people, I suppose. And that know. see who you really are. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So you yeah. talk about this idea of mind meals. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, kind of like eating three meals a day to sustain our bodies. Um, I love this idea that you also need to fuel your mind and your energy and your kind of yeah. mental capacity. Can you tell us a bit more about that? That was a lockdown thing, actually. First lockdown, I was like, well, there's no time to do anything of any significance, <laughs> you know, for myself. I'm not going to sneak off for an hour. I'm not going to get away with that. So how can I put things in my day that will respect the fact that I have differing energy levels, you know, my emotional energy is being challenged physically, mentally. So kind of almost just take on board something that that nourishes or, or kind of just replenishes or refuels something. So I decided I was going to do something three times a day and it'd be like in the morning, I might do a five minute headspace before the kids get up or whilst they're getting dressed and then you know at lunchtime it might be I might see if there's a way that I can coordinate a quick walk around the block with my partner and then in the evening you know was it a chat with a friend what do I need basically and how might I meet that in a small way because you know I think five minutes is nothing but it's mm -hmm. it's not nothing it's something it's nothing compared to what we want often you know, we might dream of kind of going a lovely long walk with a friend and actually yeah. we get a five minute whip around the block <laughs> So it's so easy to be like, well, there's no point, but actually there is always a point. Five minutes is always better than nothing. And it might mean that the next kind of tantrum I can breathe my way through rather than kind of knee jerk, kind of want to run for the hills. It just gives you something. So what might those things be on those days where, yeah, it's just full on that you can just respect yourself in a small way? Because it mm. comes down to respect really often. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. And at, and as you say, it's about making it manageable and sustainable as opposed to like, I need a spa day or I need, you know, yeah. a, a day off. It's it's finding those ways to make it part of your everyday valuable routine. Like yeah. you have breakfast or like you have yeah. lunch. Because you wouldn't just think, oh, I just don't have time to eat anything today. Yeah. Because you just collapse. But the yeah. same thing's happening, isn't it? When you don't yeah, absolutely. have those like what, mind what meals. We, we deprioritise ourselves and totally. then we end up at the bottom of the pile and then we end yeah. up burnt out wondering. Because it's not as yeah, yeah, it's not a tangible collapse, it's a more of an emotional one. Yeah. So we consider it not as important. And motherhood is an emotional isn't job. It? <laughs> emotional. It's really, it's really spenny on the old emotions, isn't it? It yeah. is. Yeah. Very expensive. Yeah. And you know, if we were going on a long journey, we'd put more fuel in the car like the more yeah. we give the more we need and more snacks <laughs> more yeah. snacks more fuel the more you give the more you need it's a basic science that i think we consistently overlook for ourselves so i had a question so one of the things that that first come up particularly over the last year has been this kind of like idea of um resilience and our resilience and you know everyone's talking you know you, get, you hear it so much oh the kids are so resilient so we can just put them through whatever kind of thing and mothers are so resilient and and things like that and it's like hmm how resilience. are you monitoring that <laughs> yeah yeah how can i how can i i mean no <laughs> i'm very much like i feel like resilience is like 
it's it ended up being like this term that you had to prove how resilient you were like rather than it just being like I'm just getting on with it it was like well here's something else now show us how resilient you are to this oh yeah Mm. and and here's something else and and prove your resilience so that meant like not burning out not crying not feeling overwhelmed because we're just so resilient we can we can just crack on and I'm sure you talk about it in your book um but I would I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts on this kind Mm. of concept of resilience yeah I think when that resilience is kind of plauded the costs just go on behind the scenes like the costs just go unseen by the public eye. Like I think we've all had those moments where we're kind of, we're somewhere and we're smiling and we're happy and then we get home and we're just, you know, we're ratty and we're exhausted and we're tearful. And I, the way that I see resilience is that that buffer between you and the world. Like if someone says something to me or if I'm walking down the street and I think someone's looking at me in a really judgmental way, the level of resilience I have in that moment will either enable me to take that and kind of make sense of it and think, well, maybe they weren't thinking anything. And actually, I know that I'm doing a good job today or I'm doing my best or they don't know what's just happened in the car. And, you know, it's 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 that ability to kind of untangle it a little bit and and you're OK. Mm. And, I, and I think the more bent out and exhausted we are, the less energy we have to rationalise things, to make sense of things, the more, like I was saying to my husband the other day, I was like, my the buffer between me and the world is very, very thin right now. Mm-hmm. So the kids, if one of them has a tantrum or if there's just even noise, you know, loud, unexpected noise, someone running a toy car over the radiator, it it kicks off that kind of almost fight or flight stress response in my body because I've got no, I've got no resilience. I've got no buffer. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just our ability to almost, yeah, kind of disentangle what's going on in the world and how it in- affects us. Yeah. And that takes time, doesn't it? And space. Yeah. We don't really schedule time and space in to do that, even no. though it massively affects us. How often do we actually sit down and think, what, how is what is going on in the world affecting the way I feel? Yeah. That's, well, it, yeah, we don't. I think it just comes don't. out sideways. And yeah, and we, we it don't. It's there. It's, yeah, it hijacks us though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this is why it's really helpful to just be inquisitive and, and when you're asking mm. the kids like when you're just aware of them you're thinking are they hungry tired do they need a rest a snack you know just start asking yourself as if yeah. we've all got that <laughs> child inside of us that is like i'm tired i need a hug i need a snack i yeah. you know i want a break yeah and actually we just need to start to attend to ourselves as someone mm. of value yeah cosmo said the other day i was trying to get him to do something and he was just not doing what I was asking. And um, I was like, Cosmo, you're not listening. And it's really annoying me. And he said, Mummy, I'm just tired. <laughs> oh. I was like, okay. I was like, I get it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I can see your child. Like, and he, it was just, um, it amazed me that he had an answer for the transaction that had just happened. Yeah. And that he got the how that had unfolded yeah but also just knew why exactly yeah put the two together i'm just tired and i was like (laughs) it's like yeah me too hun (laughs) i felt i felt like my feet just went into the floor i was like oh yeah i was like me too (laughs) and it was it was a really lovely moment we just like sat on the floor and had this hug and i was like why are we just getting stressed with each other it's 
we don't need this we're, we're tired life is tiring mm. yeah. um i mean I, the other day speaking of the things that our children say if someone said to me i said she said mommy i've i've i put my shoes on and i came in the house and i got mud on the floor and i was like okay okay and then she just looked at me with these big eyes and went you're not angry <laughs> and i went <laughs> what the <laughs> I was like Aww. and I realized that like I've been so stressed like I'm not always angry by the way but like sometimes my responses had been so much more than they needed to be or like I'd been you know and it was like oh gosh yeah they, they you know hmm hmm that's when I also mm. knew like you need to like start to prioritize things organize things a little bit better um because obviously it might be like one time that I got annoyed when she'd done something but her perception of it is like it. yeah they hold on to mm. these. They remember. Yeah. They remember. <laughs> do. Oh but we do gosh. that to ourselves. You know, yeah. think of the times when you drop something. What happens in your mind? Oh, for goodness sake, not again. Like, yeah. you can't be trusted with blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, or we I'm have, such an idiot, you know. That I'm kind such of an idiot. But yeah. we have that little child in us mm. who, when we get stuff wrong, is there waiting to be attacked, waiting to be told off, yeah. waiting. And we need, we deserve compassion and kindness and gentleness and space to learn and grow and get it wrong and otherwise we're always almost terrified of our own abilities to get it wrong and yeah to make mistakes yeah so we're kind of almost scared of ourselves that's interesting so we don't give ourselves a margin for being human mm. so anna i have i have a question your new book because I, I, you know, I feel like it's, it, I've got a copy of it, so I already know how excellent it is. But I really want to know if you had to decide, you know, who, when you wrote the book, who is it for? Um, yeah, tell us, who is the book for? Like every, I, I write, I write for women, just because that's, that's just what I do. <laughs> I, every, Flipping everyone, everyone. <laughs> Honestly, even the person who is confident and feels like, yeah, I know, I know who I am. I know what I'm worth. I mean, I don't know many people who live that out in every area of mm. their lives. Mm. Like, there's always, it's really helpful to understand the influences that are upon our lives. It's because we don't always feel the same way about ourselves all the time. So we might go through waves of actually feeling really confident and good. And, but yeah, just everyone to just, grow more aware of self-esteem and, and and how we can change it and actually how we might have more ability to have control over our boundaries than we might have thought or just to even question how we were brought up and what and how that's impacted us and I, I I had someone message me the other day and they said I'm reading this I'm doing it so my children will not have to and mm. I just love that oh. And that's why I want to work on worth, A, because I know that I have to work on my sense of worth to feel deserving of the love of my children mm. and the love of my partner and the love of my family, because I have found that so hard for so much of my life. I felt unworthy of love and good things mm. that are already there. And I don't want my kids to grow up feeling like they can't put a boundary down or they can't say no. The things that I have, the situations I've been in because I have been afraid to say no, mm. you know, that will stay with me forever. And I don't want them to have their lives restricted by what is essentially fear. Mm. Mm. Do you so, think yeah. that sense of worth kind of brings together ideas of self-esteem and resilience then? Yeah, I think, I think so because 
if we if we start to believe we're deserving and worthy of rest, and sometimes it's a daring to believe because everything in us yeah. is like, oh, this is so, oh, I feel so <laughs> guilty. And it's like, you can feel guilty, but actually you, you can know on a cognitive level that you are as deserving of rest as anyone else and your kids and the people who you've, you facilitate it for in your life. Um, so the more we respect our own resources, the more we have an opportunity to top them up. And then the more, the more agency and the more resilient we can become, mm because we're not taking everything that's happening outside of us as statements of who we are and what we're worth and whether we're good and whether we're kind, and whether we're lovable. Mm. Yeah. So if there was someone listening and they were thinking, God, I have no sense of self-esteem or resilience and I, I'm feeling battered by life and, and what's being demanded of me and they wanted to start looking at that or working out a way to heal and rest, what advice could you give at a very kind of on a very basic level of, yeah. of where to start where do you start yeah. i would say do you believe in equality do you believe that everyone is deserving of respect and love and now i know that people say what about the people that do awful things but i know having been a therapist for kind of 10 years over 10 years now that if you speak with the messiest, the the kind of, you know, in inverted commas, the baddest, the worst person, if you really start to untangle their story, there will be a part of them that you will find is that will prompt compassion in you and sadness. And and I think, you know, if we can if we can say that we are for equality, then we have to turn that towards ourselves and say that I am of equal value then mm. of the people that I love most in my life. We're all worth one point essentially. Mm. So how is your life looking how are you how are you treating yourself are you treating yourself as an equal or not mm. so Did you say we're, we're all worth one point yeah i like that That's one really point cool. like i'm worth one point you know you're <laughs> i worth mean i'm worth point. more than one point <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> you're not <laughs> you're not right we're all worth one point. you look and have great. your one point <laughs> once but i'll take five i'll take five brilliant and i, mean, I think we all want more confidence and we're like oh i just want to be more confident and actually when we start to address our self-esteem it's like you know you can't make a flower bloom you have to feed the roots like the flower will take care of itself confidence it's authenticity really mm. and that will come when we start to respect ourselves so we don't need to try and be confident because confidence is just a byproduct of, yeah. of good self-esteem and i also think it just fluctuates and recognizing that it can fluctuate mm. in different situations yeah. and, and that it looks different for lots of different Absolutely. people mm. um you know i've i've been called confident my whole life I, I don't feel confident at all but it's been used as like a negative thing like oh so confident oh yeah so confident like this and it's like okay so for me confidence is always a negative thing it had mm. negative connotations mm. until now and I'm like oh I'm actually developing my real confidence I'm developing my self-esteem and so when you tell me oh you're so confident I don't actually care <laughs> like now yeah. I don't care because the confidence isn't it that's not yeah. what it's a bit irrelevant it's irrelevant exactly mm. yeah self-respect I think yeah I would agree yeah. Anna it's been fabulous i feel like we could keep talking I for know. ages i felt like that every time we've spoken i love Anna. this i love this stuff <laughs> and it just keeps going doesn't it it's important and you yeah. realize how everything is so intrinsically linked all of mm. these messages all of yeah. these feelings all of these narratives they all feed one another don't they yeah yeah they we have really to pay do. attention yeah it has been 
incredible speaking to you and we have so we're so grateful that you agreed to join us and yeah, it's been um, brilliant i can't wait to watch you do more and more things and i wish you every success with the book um and with everything else that you do yeah if people Thank want you. to find you where can they do uh that? just anna martha on instagram and then everything's kind of yeah there's everything's links there and whatnot. <laughs> there's <laughs> links and whatnot. well thank you so much for having me We'd love to keep this conversation going with you. Join us both on Instagram. You'll find me at the Yes Mum Mum. And me at Mixing Up Motherhood. If you've enjoyed the podcast so far, please leave us a review and follow us wherever you're listening. Bye. A podcast from producerpaul.co.uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.